If you would take your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 38 through the end of the chapter. It says, Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The title of this message this morning, Cumbered with Serving. You know, there's a real danger, there's, there's, there's a danger in ministry and in serving the Lord, and that is we can become cumbered, overburdened with our serving, that we forget the Lord whom we're serving. So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the privilege and opportunity that we have to meet together here this morning and to open your precious word. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, as we look examine your word this morning, to examine our own hearts. I pray that you would reveal yourself to us and your word would be understandable and made plain, and that you give wisdom in the preaching of it and give ears to hear, and might we search our hearts and make application to our own lives. For our good and thy glory, we do pray in Jesus' name, amen. The three things I want to mention uh, from this passage here this morning, as we think about our subject of cumbered with servant. First of all, there, we're, we're talking about some consecrated servants. You notice in verses 38 and verse 39, it says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now we know that from the scriptures and other passages of scripture, the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and you may not have known this, but it's also the home of Simon the leper. Uh, tells us that actually in Matthew, in uh, Matthew 26, 6. Uh, but anyway, Simon the leper in Bethany, which was near Jerusalem, an hour or two from Jerusalem, was like a second home to our Lord Jesus during his earthly ministry. And he probably spent more time in that home than any other single home uh, during his earthly sojourn. Uh, <clears throat> Matthew 26, 6 calls it the house of Simon the leper. Now, we don't know, we don't know much about Simon the leper. He just mentioned there in that passage, but, you know, whether he was, he evidently maybe in the father and maybe has passed off the scene at this point, but he was a leper that Jesus had cleansed. So they, these were a household that was consecrated to the Lord. I mean, they were dedicated to him. They were devoted to his ministry. You know, whenever he came through the area, they, they would demonstrate their hospitality to him. They would open their home and entertain and provide food and shelter. Uh, for example, in John, John chapter 12, 
John chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, The six days before the Passover came, uh, six, then six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Uh, and, and, and that that account is recorded also in Matthew chapter 26 and, and in Mark chapter 14. Uh, and John tells us in John 11, verse 5, that, that Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. These were people whom he dearly loved. They were consecrated to him and served him faithfully. But I want to notice... As we think about consecrated service, I want you to think about, first of all, the service of Martha. Then we're going to look at the service of Mary. The service of Martha here, as we look at this passage, it says in verse 40, first part of that verse, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. Uh, she was cumbered about much serving. You know, her, her concern, her service, concerned the physical needs of the group. Again, in John 12, verses 1 and 2, the Bible tells us there that, that they made him a supper and Martha served. Martha served. She was, she was the one that would get things done. She must have been the older sister. She, had, she, had, she definitely had some administrative skills. Uh, you know, she was one to see that things got done, to see that their appetites were satisfied. There, there was provisions for law, lodging. Make sure, sure everyone was comfortable, etc., etc., etc. She would see to that. I mean, she would, she would make sure. Somebody described her this way, quote, She is the perfect hostess, and for her there is always something to do. One writer describes her this way, quote, What a woman! She opens her home to a band of 13 hungry men, possibly more. What a hostess! She doesn't whip up an impromptu casserole of Kraft, Kraft macaroni and cheese and ballpark franks. Not her. She is original Martha Stewart, New Testament Proverbs 31 woman, and Israel's answer to Betty Crocker. Or that's at least the way I imagine her. She's the queen of the kitchen and the rest of the house as well. Unquote. You know, she was the one that would see that their needs were taken care of. And she was serious about that. Is there anything wrong with that? No. That's commendable. You know, Proverbs, or um, Proverbs. Romans 12, 13 says, distributing to the necessity of the saints given to hospitality. And she was definitely given to it. 1 Peter 4, 9 says, use hospitality one to another. And then it adds this, without grouching. That's where she ran into a problem. Hebrews 13.2 says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, and this, the idea again is here is hospitality, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Now, <clears throat> you think, you know, it's not talking about some angelic beings. It's talking about uh, ministering to the needs of traveling preachers is, is, is what that's referring to. In fact, in 1 John uh, 3, <clears throat> 1 John, not 1 John, 3 John, 3 John, and verses 4 through 8, John commends uh, those in his epistle for this very thing. Third John, verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. 
Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers. So they're entertaining, that's the idea of entertaining strangers here. Which have borne witness of thy charity before the church, whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well. Because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. So again, there were those who traveled, <clears throat> ministering the word, and these people would, would, would show hospitality. They would entertain them, take them into their homes, and provide for their needs. You know, they didn't have Motel 6 and uh, Super 8s and things like that that we have nowadays uh, uh, to stay in. You know, there, yes, there were some inns, but oftentimes those inns, there was prostitution involved there as well. So it wouldn't be a place that, that men of God would want to stay anyway. And so these people, like Martha here, would entertain or show hospitality and serve the Lord in this capacity. So, so that was the service of Martha. But I want you to notice also the service of Mary. Verse 39 says, She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. <clears throat> now, you might say, is that service? She sat at his feet. And it seems that every time that the scripture talks about Mary being around the Lord, she's at his feet. In John 11, <coughs> excuse me, John 11, verse uh, 32, John 11, 32, or this is where uh, Lazarus had died. It says, then when Mary was come to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Uh, in chapter 12, in verse 3, again, it says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. So she, was, she was, often speaks of her at the feet of Jesus. Uh, sitting at one's feet in the Bible speaks of discipleship, of learning of listening, uh, meditating on his words, giving priority and consideration to the Lord's teaching and how it applies to life. Uh, in Acts chapter 22, verse 3, in Paul's testimony, he said this, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. So, you know, in the Bible times, when one was sitting at someone's feet, it was for teaching, for instruction. It speaks of discipleship. You know, the, the, the teachers of those days, they, they, they the students would sit on the floor at the feet of their teacher. So, this afternoon, Institute class, I want all you sitting on the floor at my feet. No, just kidding. Uh, but that's the way, that was their manner. You see, that's the way that, and so that's what speaks of, she speaks of, it speaks of her sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning and listening. But she also served the Lord in that she testified of his death and resurrection. John 11 again. <clears throat> I want you to follow me here. I'm going on a little rabbit trail, but or a, a little train ride, but my hope my train has a caboose. 
verse 20 it says. John eleven twenty. 20. You know, Lazarus has died. Jesus has come now to where, to the house, to, to Mary and Martha. You know, they'd asked, sent for him. So, you know, he delayed for a while and then Lazarus died. And, then, and he says, now let's go. So they're, they're on their way. And verse 20 says, then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And I want you to notice this question. Believest thou this? Now why do you ask Martha that? Drop to verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Jesus didn't ask her any questions. And if you notice in verse 24, or verse 25, verse 26, I'm sorry, he says, believest thou this? Now, what is the rule in the King James Bible? If it's T, it's what? Singular. If it's Y, it's plural. So he's asking Martha alone, do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and life? He's not saying, do you believe this? Or do you, Mary Martha? He's just saying, Martha, do you believe this? Now, you say, you maybe say I'm stretching this, but nothing is said to Mary about her believing that he is the resurrection and life. You know, Jesus knows the heart. He knows all things. And it was Mary in John chapter 12 that anoints the head of Jesus for her burial, for his burial, according to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. <clears throat> says, Then six days, Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which has been dead, whom he raised from the dead, there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? You know, 300 pence, that's about a year's wages. So, you know, this was very costly. I mean, would you like to give your year's wages to, as a, a gift to the Lord? Uh, but that's what she did here. Uh, so, and this he said... Verse 6, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put there. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying. Has she kept this? Now, Matthew and Mark, speaking of this account, say that he also, she also anointed his head. You see, 
Mary understood before the others that Christ would die and be resurrected. And Mary of Bethany was not among the women who came to the sepulcher to anoint his body on that glorious morning. She had already anointed him. I think she already knew he wouldn't be there. How'd she know that? She sat at his feet. She sat at his feet. Don't you notice the uh, second thing? So we see their service. Don't you notice the second thing here? Martha's priority is misplaced. Notice verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. Now the word cumbered means to drag all around, to take thought, to be troubled, disturbed, disquieted. See, Martha was worried about what they were going to eat, where they were going to sleep. She was so troubled about all that that it took preeminence over everything else and everyone else around her. You know, it was sort of like, you know, she's out in the kitchen, if you will, preparing food, and she drags a big white elephant right in the living room and says, Hey, isn't somebody listening to what I'm doing? Aren't you paying any attention to me? Isn't what I'm doing important? Hasn't anyone noticed? You see, it became a burden. You're supposed to be serving the Lord. Service to the Lord is not supposed to be a burden. So she's disturbed. She's just quiet. It also causes her to become critical. Notice verse 40 again. Verse 40 in the last half. It says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him. Now she comes to the Lord and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. The word care here means to have regard for a person or thing. So here she is, she's, she's, she's critical of Mary and the Lord. Lord, you know, don't you think she should be helping me? Go to John chapter 8. John chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 11 verse 38. This, is, this was something that <clears throat> the Lord had to work on with Martha. John 11, verse 38. He's already told Martha, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Then he asked her, believest thou this? So he comes to the grave. Verse 38 says, And Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and the stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Now that's the words of the Son of God. Does the Son of God know what he's doing? But notice, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. We've been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee? 
that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the, where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Matthew Henry in his commentary said this, quote, This complaint of Martha's may be considered as a discovery of her worldliness. It was a language of her inordinate care and cumber. The word inordinate means, of course, not within proper or reasonable limits. Again, there's nothing wrong with what she's doing. It's her misplaced priorities. It goes, he goes on and says, She speaks as one in a mighty passion with her sister, else she would not have a troubled Christ with the matter. Note, the inordinacy of worldly cares and pursuits is often the occasion of disturbance in families and of strife and contention among relative relations. Moreover, those that are eager upon the world themselves are apt to blame and censure those that are not so, while they justify themselves in their worldliness and judge of others by their servableness to them in their worldly pursuits. They are ready to condemn those who addict themselves to the exercises of religion, as if they neglected the main chance, as they call it. Martha, being angry at her sister, appealed to Christ and would have him say that she did well to be angry. Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me alone to serve? It should seem as if Christ had sometimes expressed himself tenderly concerned for her and reason of comfort and would not have her go through so much toil and trouble, and she expected that he should now bid her sister take her share in it. When Martha was caring, she must have Mary and Christ and all to care too, or else she is not pleased. So, You, you may, in what you consider service for the Lord, be cumbered or burdened with misplaced priorities which dragged around will bring conflict in your life which would otherwise, otherwise have been avoided. You see, her problem was that her work became more important than the Lord. Her work became more important for the Lord. It wasn't that her work was not important or was not useful, but it was not more important than the Lord himself. And so we see here her misplaced priorities. Then I want you to notice the Lord's merciful rebuke. In verses 41 to 42, Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha. You know, did you ever have one of your parents say to you, Oh, Bradley. You know, you know they're going to give you some instruction, but they kind of feel sorry for you too. And that's kind of the way I see this here. Martha, Martha. You know, it seems he's patiently rebuking her, like he did in John 11:40. He said, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? 
You know, he had asked her, you know, believest thou this? Now, she is, she is, he said, she, you are careful and troubled about many things. The word careful means you're anxious about, or you take thought for, or you're troubled over, and, and you're just disturbed and disquiet about not just one thing, but many things. And the things that she was disquiet about were temporal. They were not eternal. Now, again, not to minimize what she was doing, but they were temporal. They were temporal. Matthew Henry, again, his commentary says, quote, Christ reproves her both for her intenseness for her care, thou art troubled, careful and troubled, divided and disturbed by thy care, and for the extensiveness of it, about many things. Thou dost graft at many enjoyments, and so art troubled at many disappointments. Poor Martha, thou hast many things to fret at, and this puts thee out of humor, whereas less ado would serve. Unquote. You know, maybe she should have made Kraft macaroni and cheese and ballpark franks. You know, the most important things of Jesus was not what he ate. In fact, go to John chapter 4. <clears throat> John chapter 4. Verse 8 says, For his disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. So it was mealtime. Or it was, you know, they were getting hungry. Um, verse 31 it says, In the meantime, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. You know, he's talking to the Samaritan woman. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him aught to eat? Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Say ye not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. So you know, he's saying, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. There are things more important than what I eat. Now, Martha's Martha's reward is earthly. You see, the, the question we, we need to ask ourselves as we consider this is, what is most important right now? You know, there is a time that we need to eat and drink. But is the most important thing right now, in this circumstance, is it food or discipleship? Which one's service had eternal value? Martha that served food for the flesh, which was temporal, which is needful for the body, or Mary, who was a participant in the Lord's ministry. If you notice in verse 42 again, it says this, 
But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. Now that word part means share or participate. Now go back to John 11 again. John 11 again. I want to show you something here. John 11. And Mary was an active participant in the Lord's ministry. John 11 verse 31 says, The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary. It's talking about Mary. When they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then drop over to verse 45. Then many of the Jews, <clears throat> excuse me, which came to Mary. Now, let me ask you to stop, just, just stop and think here a minute. Who is the prominent person in the house? It's Martha. It's Martha. But it says here that many of the Jews which came to Mary, they came to comfort Mary. And had seen the things which Jesus did, notice this, believed on him. You know, Mary's friends that came to comfort her over her brother's death were saved. Fruit of her service, of her priority sit at Jesus' feet. So, the important thing we need to consider is this. Is the Lord directing my service or am I? Am I cumbered with serving? Is it burdensome? You know, it may be that we have some misplaced priorities in life. You know, this one of the things that, that uh, I've often said this, busyness does not equal spirituality. You know, I think we ought to be busy. But having something going on constantly and not having time to reflect and meditate and think on the things of the Lord is a recipe for trouble. It's a recipe for trouble. You know, I look at, been to quite a few churches, look at other, other churches, and one of the things I've uh, always guarded against was I don't want something on the calendar every night of the week. That's the Martha mentality. Something going on all the time. Something to keep yourself busy. Something to do to serve the Lord. I mean, we ought to serve the Lord. We ought to serve the Lord every day. You know, you know, well, the Bible says they met daily. Hey, I don't think every member of the church met daily. And the other point we could make for the book of Acts, many of them were out of employment because of their baptism. That's why they had all things common. 
So, so is our is the Lord directing my service? Or am I cumbered with serving? Is it burdensome? You know, does the Lord have preeminence in our service? See, Mary gave the Lord preeminence. He was more important to her than food. I mean, it's obvious she still ate at some point in time because she continued to live. But you see, the Lord was more important. When the Lord was around, she, he was more important than food was. You know, do you do your service for his glory or to please man? You know, we could raise that question. Was Martha's service then to please the Lord or was it to please men? Someone said this, time spent with in communion with the Lord can lift the burden and give the Lord's calm, clear perspective even though our circumstances have not changed. So which is it? Is your service for the Lord a joy? Or is it burdensome? Is it cumbersome? Is it a feel like a duty? You know, the Lord wants to have preeminence in all things. In Colossians chapter one, you know, and this of course this go this whole thing here goes along with what we've preached in Matthew some time back about take no thought for your life, what you should eat, what you should drink, so on and so forth. But uh, so the Lord wants because the Lord wants to have preeminence in everything. He's to be first. In, in Colossians one eighteen, the Bible says this, and He is the head of the body, the church, who is beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Of course, Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So make the Lord a pri the priority, and the other things will take care of themselves. Martha? You have your priorities in the wrong place. Oh, you're serving the Lord. It's just with misplaced priorities. So how is your service to the Lord? Is there things that come before him? Is your life of service seem difficult and cumbersome? With a lot of obstacles? Maybe it's because he doesn't have preeminence. You know, he can make the crooked paths straight if we'll seek him first. Seek his direction. Seek his wisdom. So we won't be cumbered with service.